Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettlecast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the Cast, we'll be talking about the Hawks' 126-133 loss to the Indiana Pacers. On their final road trip of the regular season, the Hawks go up and have a really lackluster first half. They get down by double digits and come all the way back in the fourth quarter, but in the end, the Pacers are able to get the win. Without further ado, let's get into it. Hawks fall to 37 and 31 with four games to go in the regular season. They finished their last game on the road, falling to the Pacers 126 to 133. And it was a really disappointing effort in the first half. The Hawks got completely outworked. They were down 72 to 58 after two quarters. They let the Pacers score 36 points in both of the first two quarters. And in the third, both teams would score 38. The Hawks would make a little bit of a run but the Pacers hung right there with them. And the Hawks' defense just wasn't there in the first half. They were letting the Pacers really get into whatever they want. The scoring wasn't the problem. The Hawks put up 58 points. But it was on the defensive side of the ball where the Pacers were really able to get wherever they wanted. Early in the season, I would say this is an effort where uh, Lloyd Pierce would say the other team, the Pacers in this case, just didn't feel the Hawks at all in that first half. And it didn't really matter who was going, whether it was DeMontis Sabonis, uh, Aaron Holiday, um, Karis Levert got going. It was just a onslaught from all of the Pacers. And of course, anytime the Hawks play the Pacers, TJ McConnell is going to be a big nuisance for the Hawks. Um, to get to the defensive point for this game, the Pacers shot over 60%. They were 54 of 87 from the field. They only took 23s and only made eight, um, but they got to the free throw line, made 19 of 17 free throws. And it was just a huge, the, the Pacers couldn't miss. And they were getting to shots that were high percentage shots for their players. Again, the Hawks were playing some uh, really soft drop coverage. So on screens, Clint Capella doesn't come up and challenge the shooter. He drops down to stop anything at the basket. But that left a lot of open shots for Pacers shooters right at the elbow. And the Pacers were knocking all of those down. In the second half, it was interesting. Nate McMillan did make a change. Tony Snell was moved from the starting lineup and Kevin Herter was put in his spot. And I thought that was a really nice little change for Nate McMillan to uh, make. And Kevin Herter responded. He had a nice spark in the second half. And ultimately, the Hawks would be able to come back into this game and get it down to one point in the fourth quarter. The Hawks shot the ball extremely well in the fourth quarter. In the whole second half, even though they gave up 38 points in that Third quarter, they the effort on the defensive end was just so much better than it had been in the first. And that is something that the Hawks have done under Nate McMillan. They don't give up. They're down 14. They could have easily packed it in. It's the second night of a back-to-back. They're on their last road game of the regular season. You know, let's just get back to Atlanta and make these last four games. They have three games off, three days off now, so they get a little bit of rest. Going to get some practice. But the Hawks didn't. They, they didn't give up. They didn't. Um, turn it in and there was again a few times they they made a little run in the third quarter and it looked like they were going to cut into the lead and then the Pacers did a nice job of right at the end of the third quarter pushing the lead back up to where it was at 14 but the Hawks made a run a 10-0 run right at the beginning of the fourth quarter and this was a game and one where it looked like the Hawks were going to be able to you know come all the way back and beat a inferior team uh, despite not having the requisite effort for the whole 48 minutes. But ultimately, the Hawks would get a couple opportunities to take the lead. The most promising, Trey got the ball into the middle, got it to Clint Capella, and Clint Capella wasn't able to put the ball in the basket. 
He just missed a alley-oop. I don't know if he was trying to go off the basket or just didn't have enough jump to throw down to the dunk, but that would be the last opportunity the Hawks would have to really take the lead. Um, the Pacers, again, to their credit, would not just give up. Usually when teams make these big comebacks, it can be really demoralizing, and teams just sort of uh, get so worn down by that team grinding all the way back from double digits that uh, the momentum's completely slung, swung. The Pacers didn't have that at all. In fact, um, each time the Hawks got close, the Pacers would come down and they wouldn't have to hit a big three-pointer. Karis LeVert would just hit a big uh, a shot, usually right at the basket. Karis LeVert was ridiculous. Um, he would start the game. He'd play 41 minutes. He was 12 of 20 from the field, 2 of 3 on the three-point line, 5 of 5 from the free throws. He had 31 points, 12 assists. He was just getting any everywhere he wanted. I think the big shift for Nate McMillan, bringing Kevin Herter in, was to address Karis LeVert. And this was a game I would have liked to see uh, Nate McMillan maybe go to Chris Dunn. The Hawks just threw everybody they could at Karis LeVert, and none of it stuck. Uh, Karis LeVert was able to get wherever he wanted, especially in the second half when the Hawks were finally making their push on the offensive end of the court. Um, Karis LeVert came in, and he was able to get to the basket, and whether he was making a shot or finding players, the Hawks couldn't stop him at all. And I, I just would have liked to see Nate McMillan to try something else because the Hawks didn't have anyone in the regular rotation who was able to stay in front of Karis LeVert. Um, also for the Pacers, they got a really nice game from DeMontis Sabonis. He was 12 of 14, 3 of 3 on his three-pointers, uh, 3 of 5 on free throws for 30 points. He had nine rebounds, uh, two of those offensive. And it was just a nice performance from DeMontis. Um, I thought he did a real nice job in the paint going up against Clint Capella. Capella would just be 5 of 10, 10 points. He only had nine rebounds, no double-double for Capella, three of those offensive, and it just wasn't, Capella was nev never able to get going, and a, a lot of that has to do with uh, DeMontis Sabonis, but the Hawks got it all the way down to one, were unable to finally, you know, get the lead, get over that hump, and it was just tough. It was awesome to see the fight, and the Hawks again have multiple runs. It wasn't just one run in the third quarter um, or one run in the fourth quarter. They made multiple runs to go after this game. Again, they didn't give up after being down 14 and then being down 14 at the end of the third quarter as well. Not only being down at 14 at uh, half, but, you know, having a spirited third quarter where you score 38 points, but then you let the Pacers score 38 as well. Offensively, the Haw again, the Hawks weren't uh, doing anything bad really offensively. They shot 50% from the field. They shot 40% from three, 15 of 37. They got to the free throw line, 15, made 15 of 18. Uh, they out-rebounded out the Pacers on the offensive glass. They had 34 rebounds, 10 of those offensive, um, 27 assists. But again, a, kind of a big number that shows you just how uh, good the Pacers were moving the ball. The Pacers had 35 assists on 54 buckets. And um, again, the Hawks just weren't very engaged in that first half, and it was really disappointing to see. For the Hawks... Uh, it starts with Trey Young. He was 10 of 19, 2 of 6 on threes, made all of his free throws, had 10 assists, 30 points. Um, he did have four turnovers, and that's always going to be an area where you want Trey to tighten up a little bit. But down the stretch, Trey was great, and he was able to really get his floater going and really run the offense. He get, he found uh, a couple players in the fourth quarter, including a big three-pointer from Bogdan Bogdanovich that kept the Hawks in the game. Bogey, another good game for him, 11 of 18 from the field, 6 of 10 from 3. He had a rebound, uh, 
an offensive and defensive rebound, two assists, uh, one steal for 28 points. Clint Capella, we talked about, did not get his usual double-double. John Collins was an area where I thought the Hawks could go to more. And down this uh, final few games in the regular season, I hope the Hawks try to, uh, just as they kind of develop and personalize a few sets for Bogdan Bogdanovich, I hope they do the same thing for John Collins. Again, he's an area where the Hawks will always have that advantage on the court. He can sometimes feel like he's the fourth option in that starting unit, but he was 10 of 15 from the field for 25 points. He had two of five threes, uh, three of five free throws, free throw shooting, the Hawks free throw, free throw shooting. You know, they shoot the ball well, 15 of 18, but it seems like the misses come at the most inopportune times. Um, Danilo Gallinari missed a technical free throw, um, and the Hawks just couldn't, you know, in a game where you get within one point, all of those free throws matter. But JC, 25 points, seven boards, two of those offensive. Um, he did get in foul trouble early, but in the second half, he didn't. Uh, he had three fouls early in the first half, and uh, that'll always get Nate McMillan to pull him. In fact, he had two fouls really quickly in the first quarter, and Nate McMillan uh, brought Gallo in very quickly. But JC is an area where I think the Hawks, um, especially in games where, you know, the first couple, Trey and Bogey aren't going, they can look to uh, John Collins to get some something going in the paint and really kind of bludgeon some teams and maybe slow down. Um, the Pacers play a really fast style of basketball. They had a couple times where even after Hawks makes, they were running the ball up the court and able to get easy buckets, which is one of my biggest pet peeves is after a made bucket, letting the team come back and get that those points right back without getting into your half-court defense. Um, but John Collins can be an area where uh, he will be a big advantage and, and can slow the games down. He had a nice block as well, um, but it was just, you know, I, JC only played 30 minutes, and I thought he could have been a lot more um, involved in the offense. The Hawks bench wasn't as great as it was um, earlier this week. Uh, Danilo came in and had 15 points, but other than that, Kevin Herter had eight points. Again, he started the second half. Um, Lou Williams had seven points. Uh, Solomon Hill, zero. Okongwu, after his really breakout game, only three. He did have a really awesome and one to get those three points. But it was not the big advantage for the Hawks bench. The Pacers got a big lift off the bench from, no surprise, TJ McConnell. 9 of 12, 19 points, you know, 5 assists, 4 steals. He was just everywhere. Again, anytime the Hawks seemed to get close in that third quarter in particular, uh, TJ McConnell was right there. There was one turnover I can think about where uh, Clint Capella was trying to do a dribble handoff to Trey Young, and a handoff is literally the point guard going right up to the center to grab the ball. And somehow McConnell got in between Trey and Clint for a steal and an easy layup and just any momentum was sapped by uh, plays like that. But, you know, the Hawks as a team, 12 turnovers led to 18 points for the Hawks. And it was just, they came at, again, very crucial moments. So disappointing loss in Indiana, one where the Hawks could have definitely gone and get a win. It's, it's tough to win on back-to-backs and especially ones where you're traveling on the second night of a back-to-back -back. but the Hawks had an opportunity to go into Indiana and get a win and they did not do it they now have three days off which is huge for the Hawks they can get some rest they can get some practice time there's been some um, announcements that uh, DeAndre Hunter has been playing a little three-on-three -three and he could get more uh, back more practice this this little break period as well to get back into the flow of things and maybe 
Um, also get an update on Cam Reddish and where he is in relations to the playoffs or maybe at the end of this regular season. But really tough loss for the Hawks. You have to give a lot of credit to the Pacers for coming out and really setting the tone early. And that lead that they built in the first half was enough to keep them ahead and get them the win despite a really nice performance by the Hawks in the second half. But, uh, you know, Karis LeVert, DeMontis Sabonis, just really nice games. They got really solid games from Aaron Holiday. Um, and it was just a real frustrating game to to watch because this is not typically how the Hawks play. They normally don't get down double digits under Nate McMillan and have to fight their way back. They've they've done a good job of being right in games and um, kind of playing the right way from the the start of the games. And it took until the second half for kind of the Hawks to wake up. But again, they have three days off and now they have four games before the playoffs start. They're still in the five seed, so nothing changed there. But um, I would really like to see the Hawks, you know, get three of the next four. Getting to 40 wins would be such an achievement for this Hawks squad um, with everything that's gone on this season. To get out and get out, get 40 wins in a 72-game season would just be so impressive. And then, you know, get a few days off before the playoffs. They need to really secure this uh, being in the top six seeds in the East so they avoid that play-in tournament and they can get some more rest. It's all on them. Every game, you know that the talk, Hawks are going to say it's each game one at a time. They're not focused on anything like that. But I know it's huge for them to get these three days off. They have four games at home, two against the Wizards, one against the Magic, and then one against the Rockets. So all winnable games. The Wizards are going to be tough. You got Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook always going to be tough playing those guys. But the Hawks certainly have the capability, talent to get wins. And, um, just a disappointing loss to the Pacers, but one that I think is better to have in the regular season than in the postseason. So we'll see what the Hawks are able to do with that going forward. Go Hawks. Thank you for catching this episode of the KettleCast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. Go Hawks.